This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live and doing everything entertainment. That clock was ticking down really slow, Holly, so I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be back yet. That's why it took me forever to be back, you guys. Oh, it's like you're pointing at me. I'm like, well, you're the one who's supposed no, to come I, back. No, I was pointing at the clock. Like, why is it taking so long? But anyway, oh, here well, we are. Here. here we are. Oh, a couple of booby Tuesdays on a Monday. Um, well, speaking Holly, of days of the week, yeah. What's your least favorite day of the week? 651-641-1071. Holly, you don't need to call because you're already here. But for the listener, we're talking about your least favorite day of the week. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. But Holly, I uh, would like to start with you because you're here. Wow. The bar is low this afternoon. <laughs> and I care about your opinion. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Brad. My least favorite day of the week is Wednesday. Oh, is it because it's hump day? No, actually, you would think that I would like it because it's hump oh, day. Hey. Thank you. No, actually, Wednesday, hmm. Well, because you're not quite to the weekend. Yeah. You're not quite in the most productive day of the week, which mm. allegedly is Tuesday. Yeah. Mondays are fine. I don't really mind Mondays. Yep. Wednesdays are just in the nether region, in the in-between, and that makes me uncomfortable. Wednesday in the in-between. I kind of like that. I think you have a very nice philosophy there of your least favorite day of the week. The reason we're asking 651-641-1071 for your least day of the week is because there was this poll, um, and you might have seen it. Uh, about this, the, um, well, they call it the Sunday scaries. Yes. We would call it maybe a case of the Mondays, mm-hmm. you know, where it's Sunday evening and you're like, oh God, Monday's going to be crappy. Uh. Uh, feelings of anxiety, etc. And it turns out uh, when you ask the question, how often, if ever, do you experience those Sunday scaries, feelings of anxiety? It turns out it's not really that many people every every week which I have a whole separate conversation about, um, which we can get to. But it got me thinking about my least favorite day of the week. Because if 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 you're having Sunday scaries, that would imply that Monday is your least favorite week. And I, I like Holly, do, don't feel that Monday is the least favorite day of the week. No, nah, Monday's You can make fine. a case for that, sure, because mm-hmm. it's the first day back at work and you're the farthest from the weekend. But I don't. I don't feel that way. I honestly think at this stage of my life, I more often than not, Thursday is my least favorite day. And it's because there are so many times where it's Thursday and I think it's Friday and it's not. 
Oh, so it's a trickster. Yes. Like Wednesday, to your point, I, I, I Wednesday is a close second because I do feel that way about Wednesday. Like you're just in the middle of it and there's like no. You're there's just no like, escape. Well, you're just well, here. I'm just in the middle of it. So here <laughs> we are. Uh, but on Thursday, so often I'm like, it's Friday. No, it's not Friday. But you're on the you're on the trajectory to the weekend That's on true. a Thursday. That's so true. you're you're already kind of downshifting into weekend mode. And if you're taking a long weekend, then Thursday is your Friday. Yeah, it's true. This is kind of nice. I think it has changed throughout my life. Uh, maybe we can talk about that some more. But first, let's get to the phones. And again, if you want to join the conversation, 651-641-1071. Tony is on the line. Okay, Tony, what is your least favorite day of the week? Hi, Tony. Uh, oh, hey, <laughs> Uh, definitely would be Tuesday because you've already gone through Monday and you're on the Tuesday. So you're already worn out a little bit from Monday. And also there's very little holidays on a Tuesday. Oh, and it's just like, you reach a point where just like, Oh, I've already been through one day. I'm on Tuesday. I still got plenty of the week left. Yeah. And (laughs) also when the holidays on a Monday, your first day of the week is Tuesday. Oh, that's true. So many reasons. True. Tony, you're making a good case for Tuesday. Thank you for that. Thank you for that case. But to his point, not a lot of holidays on a Tuesday, but there's nothing worse than having a holiday on a Wednesday. Because then oh. how are you going to attach it to a weekend? How are you going to lump it well, into you're something? Well, you're, you're just not. not. You're getting screwed out of a day. Thank you. Yeah. It's awkward. Don't like it. I feel like you can make an ample case for any day from Tuesday to Thursday. Right? Yes. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Each of those you could make the case for. As far as I'm concerned, I think the least and I think you could actually make a case for Sunday. Uh, you know, I was saying that I think this day has changed in my mind. And again, if you want to join the conversation about your least favorite day of the week, six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. There was a point in my life where I looked forward to Sunday the least true or I experienced Sunday as my least favorite day, meaning it's the end of the weekend. You have the whole week in front of you. You do have those Sunday scaries, right? Like you have the pressure of the the following week. And so there was a period in my life where I probably fretted over uh, the week on a Sunday in a way that I didn't on any other day. Yeah. Well, like if you stayed up really late Saturday. Yes. Like you partied too hard on Saturday. And then your whole Sunday was just kind of trying to recover from that. And then you knew you had to get up on Monday, but it was hard to go to sleep on Sunday. That's why I never liked to party on a Sunday night. Like my friends would always go out and want to be like, hey, let's go party on Sunday. Now, trust me, I did a fair amount of that. But generally speaking, it was my least favorite day to do that because, you know, while it sounds alluring, you're like, I can just pretend Monday's not going to happen. Monday will come. Uh, So most of the time I just sat there on the couch and stared at, you know, television for as long as I could before having to deal with the week that was ahead of me. That has long since changed. And I I honestly think Thursday, um, Thursday is my least favorite day. Holly's least favorite day is Wednesday. We know Tony's least favorite day is Tuesday. We have some more people on the phone. Let's get to Christine. Hey, Christine, what's your least favorite day of the week? Uh, actually, Friday and Monday. Oh, Friday. Why? Friday because I'm so focused on the weekend that I can't get anything done. So oh. I'm just a lazy piece of you-know-what on yeah. Friday, and I get nothing done. And then Monday, I don't want to go back to work. Yeah. So, so for you, it's those bookends of Friday and Monday. Absolutely. Now, if you could make one of those days a day off, Christine, like you got to pick one of those days for, you know, a three-day weekend, would you be picking Friday or Monday? 
Actually, this recently just happened because my boss asked me if I wanted Friday or Monday off for the 4th of July, and I picked Monday because I don't want to go back to work. Right? I feel like there's a kind of genius to that. I think you picked well, Christine. Did it feel like the right choice? Oh, absolutely. I got so much done. It was great. All right. Well, Christine has changed my mind. Thank you, Christine. I said I think you could make case for, you know, Tuesday through Thursday. She's made a case for Friday or Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we go to Jason? Jason, you're going to have the last word. What is your least favorite day of the week, Jason? Sunday. Why Sunday? Uh, It's the least productive day. Things tend to close early on Sunday, so I try to get things done, get the store before it closes. But then if you get too busy, the liquor store closes at 5, and if you miss that, Mm -hmm. you're through. Look at that. Thank you, Jason. That was perfect. Yeah. You know the only day nobody mentioned? Saturday? Yeah. Woo! Saturday! Saturday! In the park! Nobody doesn't like this day. Ooh, Saturday. I mean, honestly, who, what, what, like, Neanderthal would say Saturday is the least favorite day of the week? Well, like, obviously, uh, Neanderthals were not calling in. Right? Well, I mean... They're a little busy right now. <laughs> I don't know that they ever mastered Being telephonics. <laughs> um, but they're inside all of us to a certain extent. Get your DNA test. All right. When we come back from uh, questions of the absurd, but also very low impact in terms of your favorite or least favorite day of the week, Holly has a suggestion for a show uh, to watch on the television. What? No. I have, well, no, I have a show that I want to talk about that I watch that I want to recommend that you don't watch. Oh, oh, <laughs> OK. Here's what Holly's watching live when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. You know, it's good to have recommendations for things to watch on television or things not to watch. And that's what we bring you here on the Colleen and Bradley show. On a regular basis, Monday through Friday, anyway, noon to three. That's what you're listening to. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts, and it's time to get to. Here's what we're watching live. You, you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Don't you? Team Cobra presents. Here's, Here's what we're watching live. And today, this segment is brought to you by one Holly Roberts with something maybe <laughs> maybe something. That I watched for you so that you don't have to. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you caught. I think it's on a streaming service, right? Yes. So this weekend, I caught a couple of episodes of the HBO Max original animated series, The Prince. Is this that animated series about the royal family? Yes, this is that animated series. About the British royal family. And I, I've seen some less than stellar uh, reviews for this series. Can you tell me, like, wh- where does this come from? So this comes from Gary Gennetti. Now, Gary Gennetti was a writer for Will and Grace for Family Guy, most importantly here, because there's a lot of hints of Family Guy in this series. And this all started on his social media where he was riffing on Prince George of the UK, where he was kind of making Prince George into a character. So it sprung from his social media and then it became this animated series. Like all less than great things. It came from social media. It came from social media. Yeah. So this came from Gary Gennetti's social media and it evolved into this cartoon series, The Prince. 
it's riffing on the UK royal family. And some people were already not really liking the prince before it even came out because some people were saying that it was not quite respectful to be making fun of Prince George. He's a child, et cetera, et cetera. And some people were also saying that depictions of Prince Philip were not mm, perhaps <laughs> well, the he's late, no but, longer yeah, because with he's us. no longer with right? us. And when you watch the cartoon, you're like, oh, okay, he has one foot into the other dimension oh. in this cartoon. So that's maybe just an awkward reminder. Okay, other yeah. than the fact that it's like completely awkward, um, so you just decided to bite the bullet and watch? Well, I was waiting for the White Lotus to drop. So, Which I want you to tell me about yeah, at some point. So I actually, I probably can tell you about that. Okay. Something I'm actually watching now that I like. Okay. So The Prince, it's a couple of bite-side episodes. It's about 15 minutes for each uh, episode of The Prince. And it's riffing on the British royal family. And there was controversy surrounding it. But the controversy is, is that the show's not funny. Mm. It's just not funny. They go to great lengths to make you know that it's a parody. Well, obviously it's a parody. It's a cartoon. It's not real life. But it just doesn't hit the mark in any of the jokes. The jokes are very family guyish, so uh, I it, that means that perhaps they're they're pop culture references, non sequiturs, kind of raunchy, but nothing actually sticks a landing. Well, I was gonna say that it seems like it would actually be, uh, as I think about it. Uh, a much more difficult thing to do than one would imagine. I can see where people would be like, oh, that makes sense. You're funny. And British royal family, everybody loves the royal family or loves to hate the royal family. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah sure. Make that yeah. happen. But then when you actually sit down to do it, you have to think to yourself, who's the audience? Because Americans ap- approach the royal family from a sort of, I mean, I'm just being honest here, like a zoo-like experience or like a theme park experience. Well, like a right? celebrity experience, too. Celebrity, but also in a celebrity that we don't understand because it's it's like broad, but not deep or broad, but not deep, deep, but not shallow. It's shallow. Yes. The way we appreciate the royal family is very shallow. And so what I mean by that is like your opportunity for jokes doesn't, doesn't seem like there's a lot of opportunity because most people don't really understand even what a Camilla Parker Bowles is. Well, exactly. And so they make jokes about Camilla Parker Bowles's appearance. So yeah. it's not actually rooted in parroting Camilla Parker Bowles in any way, shape or form, because honestly, we really don't even know who she is. And I would make the argument that we don't really know anybody in the British royal family for who they actually are. We yeah, just get these... the queen and even her, I would imagine most Americans don't really care too much. About. I just don't feel like there's an obvious audience. I would imagine you could make a, um, you know, a, a searing satire, a biting satire from the perspective of a British audience. Oh, for sure. Because they have an awareness and an understanding and an appreciation and then you also have that thing where, like, if you really like something, you love watching it be roasted on occasion. So, like, hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash BTPod50 and use code BTPod50 to get 50% off. That's code BTPod50 at Factormeals.com slash BTPod50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You can, I can see where a British audience might be down with something like this, but it's hard for me to believe an American audience would be that desirous of a British royal family animated series. Well, and you can't get in any kind of the humor. You, you know, they try, they try, they really, really try. Like the first episode of the cartoon The Prince, which is what we're reviewing for on HBO Max. The first episode is that Prince George likes Kelly Ripa. Follows Kelly Ripa on Instagram. Kelly Ripa doesn't follow Prince George back. So what does Prince George do? Convinces the queen to make Kelly Ripa a dame. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't want any of that. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, okay, we're all okay, done. But <laughs> you said that you were watching something you actually enjoy? Yes, on HBO Max, there's something I actually enjoyed. The Prince, all the episodes dropped. HBO Max wants you to set it and forget it on The Prince. So we're going to move over here to something on HBO Max that's actually really good. Okay. We want to recommend. It's called The White Lotus. It's on right now. It's dropping once a week. So it's a new Sunday story. So this show is fabulous. This show is about the goings-on at a luxury resort in Hawaii. It follows the guests. It follows the people who work at the hotel. And that is a biting, scathing satire of the way we live now. I just saw a headline that said, The White Lotus is the best satire of wealth and privilege on TV right now. Exactly. Okay. That headline is very true. If the prince wanted to be a biting, scathing satire in the British royal family, it completely failed. Whereas The White Lotus... Exactly is that headline. And uh, it stars such people as Jennifer Coolidge. You might oh, know her. God, yeah, who she... doesn't love Jennifer Coolidge? Oh, it makes me What's... want a hot dog real bad. Yeah, we used to play a, a clip of her on the station, right? Probably. She was in one of the, I don't know if it was a rejoin or something, but you just, who She's doesn't a, love She's a fabulous comedian. Yeah. Steve Zahn is in this. Connie Britton's in this. There is a whole cast of characters that are fabulously talented. Can't recommend this enough. Now, I will say... That the White Lotus is, if you don't like awkwardness, if you don't like secondhand embarrassment, if you don't like cringe, the show is going to give you all of those things. So if you can't handle that, then I'll probably guide you in another direction. But honestly, the White Lotus is... there some, like, uh, well, I'll ask you off the air. I I saw something about something that happened on the episode. Oh, are you talking about some intimate moments? Yeah. Yeah, very intimate moments. Okay. Yeah. uh, There is boating involved. In the White Lotus, if that's what you're... Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. But you you recommend it, and it looks like yeah. it's a six-part mini uh, or a limited series. Yeah, it's a limited series, HBO Max, The White Lotus. It's probably my favorite thing that I've watched on TV this I year I love far. that you just gave us the best in the worst of times. Holly, thank you. All on the same streaming service, by the way. So redeeming that monthly purchase. When we come back, Lord and Lady D-Bag royalty we can get behind. <laughs> Find out who... 
uh, is behaving badly today when we come back. Oh, celebrities, thank you for doing the hard work of being terrible on a regular basis because we now have a segment that we get to do each and every day on this show. So your buffoonery is our bread and butter. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. Let's get right to the celebrity D-bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Hey, Bradley. Yeah? Who's your D-bag today? Oh, thanks for asking. Hi, my name is Matt Damon. I'm a D-bag. Woof. Did you see this story? Woof. (laughs) Yeah, appropriate. Now, I would like to be, you know, like I frequently am, thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I'd like to be thoughtful about this story. Maybe you've seen the headline, some combination of words that sound similar to the following. I uh, Matt Damon says, I recently retired homophobic F slur after daughter forces my hand. Saw the headline over the weekend and it's many iterations. So now when I hear a story like this. Again, thoughtful, Bradley, thoughtful, Bradley, I think to myself, that's interesting. Oh, let me try to understand, because I think what I'm reading is that somebody has retired a slur, which on the face of that, that sounds like a good thing. Right. You're no longer using a word that's hurtful, harmful. We've all hopefully done the work to put away or retire certain words, uh, certainly in public, but hopefully in private as well. Yes. As time goes on to just jettison certain words from our vocabulary when we're made aware of how hurtful they can be. And it's just it's like one of those things people do. Language evolves. Yes. Thank you. And not only evolves, just humanity evolves. Yeah. And language uh, can be a casualty, thankfully. So then I was like, I need to understand what actually happened. And here's what I'm upset about. Not what happened. How I know what happened, happened. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Elaborate, please. So let me tell you the story. Matt Damon basically said he stopped using a slur, anti-gay slur. Starts with an F. You get it. And he says, quote, uh, the word that my daughter calls the F slur for a homosexual was commonly used when I was a kid with a different application. That's what he's saying. He says he put that uh, word away in recent months, explaining he didn't think of it as a slur. Um, He apparently made a joke using the word in front of one of his three daughters, who range in age is between 10 and 15. And apparently one of his daughters left the table because she was so upset that he used that word. And he said, come on, that's a joke. I say it in this movie stuck on you. She went to her room and wrote a very long, beautiful treatise on how that word is dangerous. I said, I retire the F slur. I understood. So basically, we're being told a story about how Matt Damon has grown as a person. Yep. Now, some people have taken issue with that word or with that story by saying, you're just now figuring out that that's a bad word. Mm-hmm. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like. Hello, but I twenty twenty, and I would like. I mean, sure, okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, but to me, the bigger issue with the story about Matt Damon retiring this slur, he's telling it to sell a movie, and that's what I have a problem with. Don't use your bigotry to sell your movie. Mm-hmm. 
as well-intentioned as you think that that story is. And again, thoughtful Bradley. Thoughtful Bradley. I don't want to take away from the message that changing your language is a good thing. I want to simply point out that maybe you don't share that because some people are like, why are you sharing? Like, first of all, the timing, because you just look like you're 100 years old. Right. Nobody, everybody understands or should understand at this point that we don't use that word. Some people do. I get it. Right. But like as a celebrity, as a public figure, that's going to make you look like a dinosaur, which is fine if you want to look like a bigot or a dinosaur. But that's a different conversation. To me, the most important thing is you're telling this story like on a press junket. Or, to sell your movie. Right? And to sell I, your movie. And I just, I, I get what he thinks he's doing by being, quote, open and honest. Like, again, thoughtful Bradley. I'm not trying to discourage people from changing their mind mm-hmm. and behavior, more importantly. I don't really care about your mind. I care about your behavior um, because I can't control your mind and I really can't control your behavior, but you can. So that was the thing that really rubbed me the wrong way is I was reading the story and I was like, I don't really, I mean, I guess that's fine and I'm glad and well, that's kind of dusty that you would like Matt Damon is using this word and in front of his like young daughters and doesn't feel like that's problematic. Okay, fine. But that's my own personal judgment. But then I was like, do to do. And this all comes as he's, you know, or this conversation happened in an interview for his new movie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So it, now you're trying to like, what? Yeah, you're trying to sell this movie. But interestingly enough, so the movie that Matt Damon is trying to sell by telling the story, it's called Stillwater. And it's loosely based on the story of Amanda Knox. Now, another separate sidebar. Which don't even get us started. <laughs> I read a whole article from, or not article, but a whole Twitter thread from Amanda Knox about this. Yeah, so Amanda Knox going after the movie Stillwater for loosely adapting her story and then going off on a whole tangent about who gets to tell the story of individuals. I mean, it goes on and on and on. We don't have time to talk about it. but No, but, but it's a good story if you want to read it. I yeah. would read her Twitter thread. But the kernel of what Matt Damon, I th- think, what yeah. was trying yeah, to be yeah, illustrated yeah. through that anecdote was... In the movie Stillwater, it's about Matt Damon's character who is attempting to free his daughter from a European prison. So somewhere it was like, I'm trying to tell this father-daughter story in all of that. Yeah, like, again, I think this is just celebrity. I mean, to give the, like, best, I don't know why I'm getting giving Ben or uh, Matt Damon the like best possible explanation. You're thoughtful Bradley right now. Thoughtful Bradley. I mean, sure he had some sort of like rationale, okay, for why the story was appropriate. But you're using the story as an anecdote right to, to sell a movie which yeah, they all do it sure. But like this is just for me a line where you just think, you know what? I'm not going to use somebody else's um, so th- th- I'm not going to use another community <laughs> to sell my movie. Mm-hmm. It just felt a little gross. A little. Yeah. Yeah. It felt well, gross. It felt gross. It felt gross. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank it, you. It felt gross. It felt gross.
<sighs> but please, by all means, stop using that word. Also, I'm not above it. Like, there are words that I do not use anymore that I used to use that I used to think I was, you know, like, oh, I'm not using that word the way you think I'm using it. And I've since understood or come to terms with my own language that that's if if your excuse is you don't understand how I'm using this word like that's that's a mistake for me. And so I have chosen to like not use certain words. So like, again, I'm not trying to say it was a bad thing that he did it. I just didn't appreciate the way in which he did it. Mm -hmm. So. Thank you. That is my story. Who is your D-bag? Thanks, thoughtful Bradley. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) My D-bag today is Ryan Reynolds. Who, what do you know? He has a new movie he's trying to sell, too. Oh, look at that. Yeah, what do you know? Don't they all? Well, I mean, yes, they are movie stars, and they star in movies, and they want you to go and see them. So, Ryan Reynolds is starring in a new movie called Free Guy, but that's neither here nor there. Ryan Reynolds is my D-bag of the day. Because of what's been happening on social media. Now, we haven't really talked about Bradley, Ryan Reynolds, and Blake Lively, but one could make the argument that they're in very much in a publationship. Oh. Very much in a publationship. Totally on board for this fan theory. Well, yeah, because they now their relationship is real, but Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively publicationship all over the place well, they've on been social doing, media. Yeah, like if you think about it, they've been doing this for years because it's usually like you'll see headlines like Blake Lively calls out, uh, you know, her husband for doing this really hilarious thing. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what's happening on social media. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively decided to recreate their first date 10 years later. Oh, mm. how that's sweet. Adorable. It's so adorable. It's not like Ryan Reynolds has a movie that he needs to sell. So he's going to be adorable with his adorable wife. <laughs> So deep inside this recreation of their first date, here is my D-bag nugget. Okay. One of the pictures. I love D-bag nuggets. That was posted by Ryan Reynolds on his Instagram story concerning this recreation of this 10-year anniversary date. It's a picture of him and it's a picture of Blake Lively and they're just there and the caption covers Ryan Reynolds' face and it's just Blake Lively and she's smiling, looking beautiful. And he said of this picture, posting this again because I cut out my wife's cute earrings. She trains me better than this. Sorry if I let anyone down. <laughs> <laughs> also, what? He's my D-bag, Bradley, because he's doing that thing where it's like, my I'm, my wife, she's the one who wears the pants in the relationship. Well, no, no, I get that, but I don't understand yeah. the, how he cut out the earrings. I don't know. There was a previous photo. That he posted, I think. Oh, not the one that... And not the one that's showing. It, and and it. it was like, oh, I blocked the earrings. And, and I so, should know better. Yeah, and you know, take my wife, please. <laughs> She's the one who I mean, really these two the are very superficial in that, yeah. like, sort of, like, you know... They they like to razz each other on social media. Yes. Blue check razz. Yeah. Wasn't that a song Blue by... Blue check raspberry. Wasn't that a song by... Uh, <laughs> Django Reinhardt or something back in the day. I don't know what that means. Okay, bye. <laughs> but uh, I'm over here thinking of blue raspberry ices. Oh, yum. Well, so the whole, I just, yeah, when guys it gets tiresome. Do, well, it gets tiresome and specifically when guys say of their significant others who are female that she trained me better than this. Like, this weird false self-deprecation yeah. that I'm in this heterosexual relationship. Yeah, like, I don't know about them earrings and things. I gotta be taught by my wife to make sure she looks pretty and, 
you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, exactly. And that she trained me better. I should know better. Really, you know, just trying to put her in the spotlight and all of this. No, I just, I don't want that, Ryan Reynolds. Well, probably, I, I think here's that. what I hear you say. Yeah, please. And, I, and I, I'm going to just own this myself as well. I think we have grown. I think we've evolved as celebrity viewers and consumers. And we want more from our pop culture. We want more nuanced funnery on social media. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be, uh, you know, fakely cute. Yeah, and I don't want sexist funnery. Well, Can we just stop? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a nicer way of putting it. Yeah. I just um, don't, I don't want that. No sexism, please. No, please. And thank you. Yeah. I am fine with that. As a man, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you mansplain it to me, yes. please? Yes, Holly, let me tell you what I think I hear you say. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. <laughs> right now. What I hear you saying is... Because um, I know it's hard sometimes, right? I'm so hormonal. Yes. So uh, you go take a Motrin in the break. And when we, isn't that the one you take for cramps? Motrin? What was the crampy one? Mitol. Mitol. All right, go take a Mitol. Because when we come back, oh, you saw a movie this weekend. I saw a movie. And not only you guys did she see a movie, she went to a theater. So Holly's going to give us uh, the review on an actual theater and what movie she saw in that theater when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. We're about to take a cruise, which, you know, that's like my favorite thing in the whole wide world. It's not a full on cruise cruise, but kind of a cruise as much of a cruise as we could take on the Colleen and Bradley show. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. And Holly, you saw an actual movie in an actual theater this weekend. What? I did. For the first time since December of 2019. Wow. So they still have those. They have that. Okay. <laughs> they have that. Did they have like popcorn and They sure treats? did. And treats. Absolutely. Were there other people? There were even other human beings in the movie theater. No, wow. I didn't sit close to them. Yeah. But they were laughing. I um, I have not been in a theater since a very long time ago. Like, it was a real long time ago since I was in the movie theater. The last movie, Bradley, that I saw before the pandemic was Cats. Oh, God. In the movie theater. Wouldn't that theater. have been a shame if that had been your last ever movie in a theater? Oh, that would have been tragic. But no, Ish. I saw a movie this weekend in the theater. I went and I sat my keister in a seat and I saw Jungle Cruise. Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Cruise. That's the Disney movie with The Rock. Yeah, The Rock, Emily Blunt, based off of the Disney theme park ride of the same name. And it was a lot of fun, Bradley. Okay, so you saw Jungle Cruise in the theater. You know, uh, despite the fact that you were in the theater, what did you think of the movie? Well, the movie was fun. It was actually a good time. Now, I went because I took my nephew to go and see this movie. Oh, okay. This was not a choice that was... I was going to say, what, what, was, what was the... You know, 
Why did you, you know, want to do that? Why did I want to do Why did you make that life choice? Well, I did because I mean, a five-year-old well, because wanted a, me to. This is the person who saw cats in the theater. So. Well, exactly. I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, I had to see cats in the theater. Had to indulge. Had to give the first-hand report. That was a sacrifice, Bradley. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Jungle Cruise, but on back the other to Jungle hand, Cruise. was a delightful Disney romp. Now, I'm not the target audience to go and see these movies, the Disney movies that are based off of the rides. But you know what? I had a five-year-old who wanted to go and see it, so I said, sure, five-year-old, I will take you to Disney Cruise. I will be a good auntie. And it delivers. And I want to say, too, Emily Blunt is a delightful Disney protagonist. Okay. She started Mary Poppins Returns. I was going to say most recently, I think, in Mary Poppins. And she's wonderful. Now, this movie's going to give you thrills. It's going to give you mm, some PG-13 jumps. I don't even know if it's PG-13. It might just be PG. But you know what? Can recommend. If you want to go and see something that's old school fun, I think Paul McGuire Grimes last week gave Jungle Cruise a pretty decent review and i would also agree with paul mcguire grimes our movie reviewer it's pg-13 pg-13 it is a decent fun movie so must have been language a little language there's some intense violence okay now you did say that it was kind of loud it was loud for your your nephew yeah because we went to the ultra screen the I've never heard of this screen. ultra screen business. Well, yeah. I need to check it out. Well, when a, they finally give me a movie that's worth going to see. Yeah. A giant screen, surround sound, reclined seats. Yeah. He covered his ears. And then he asked me, why is it so loud? And I was like, because, well, because you have the ultra screen. <laughs> you haven't been a theater kid since, you know, I, I mean, I, you were in diapers. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's seen a couple of Disney movies, but movie theaters are back. Go sit your butt in a movie theater seat. It felt can great. I, can I ask a really uh, might seem random question? How much did it cost? I think for the mm, the ultra screen experience it was about sixteen dollars. So it ain't cheap. Wow, it's not cheap. You paid four dollars in premium, but the guy at the ticket stand said. Oh, it's totally worth it to pay the four dollars. But I didn't think he was yanking my chain. I think honestly, his review was. Yeah, spot on. Because, and I say that, going to see Jungle Cruise, Jungle Cruise is one of those Hollywood movies, and this has been happening a lot this year because of the pandemic. It gets a simultaneous release in theaters and on a streaming service. So you can go and watch Jungle Cruise in the movie theater right now, or you can go to Disney Plus and pay $30 to watch the movie right now. But it's totally worth it to go to the movie theater. Yeah, you know, so we... Talked a little bit about this off the air, and this is the thing I'm fascinated by. It looks like, based on the uh, number one rating at the box office and the money that it brought in, that you know movie theaters aren't dead. No, uh, but also streaming is not dead. This exclusive streaming option, because I think, if I remember correctly, it was like 30 million of the 90 million that it brought in. Uh, Jungle Cruise brought in over the weekend. 30 million of that was from streaming, so that's a significant chunk. But that still leaves quite a bit of money for people in theaters. So I would imagine that hybrid experience is here to stay. Yeah, I think that movie companies are looking at this business model and saying, oh, okay, this is really fascinating. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if this went away 
for some of the bigger blockbuster movies that are going to be coming out in 2022 because Warner Brothers is doing this. Disney is doing this because, well, we're still in a pandemic. Hi. And, you know, they're not sure how they're going to be able to distribute their movies. You know, actually, if we're going to go into this, how movies are being distributed business, a movie that's getting a lot of hype that was supposed to be out in September, Paramount actually pulled Clifford the Big Red Dog from its release date in September because they were worried about yeah they're worried about the Delta variant and apparently Clifford the Big Red Dog of all the movies out there is getting a lot of positive buzz so Paramount's like no positive (laughs) so they're sitting on it like Potsy for a little bit because they want to bring it out into the movie theater but I think for some movies this is going to be the future maybe not for a Jungle Cruise maybe not for like a movie that we were talking about Bradley that's coming out in September or October Dune. Oh gosh, if that movie gets delayed again, I'm just going to be heartbroken. Right. So those big blockbuster heavy special effects movies, I don't know necessarily if they're going to be getting the same day release on a streaming service, but knowing that this business model is out there and it's actually fairly successful is nice because well, it gives families an option cuz yeah, guess what going to the movies I is think, not cheap. I think Disney has the breadth to make that successful financially because of, you know, Disney Plus. Right. Like they just have the access in a way that not all streaming services do. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, I mean, they have the, all the other services have the techno, technical capability, but they just don't have as many people to draw from. Right. That exactly. Disney Plus does. Well, they're trying. They're trying. All right. When we come back. Oh, thank you for that review, by the way, Holly. I'm so excited to be in a theater again. I can't wait. It's going to happen. Fingers crossed. When we come back, what's your favorite music video? Yeah. Favorite music video. Remember those? We'll talk about them when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1.